are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, September 29th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc. And if you follow right now, you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, what's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Joining me on the show today, we have none other than NBC Sports Chicago's Blackhawks insider, Charlie Romeliotis. Charlie, I appreciate you taking the time to come back on the show here. How you doing today, man? Yeah, not too bad. It's fun that we actually have some hockey to talk about. And uh, it's been a long offseason, but we finally have some some real action hockey to talk about. So I love this. Absolutely. I couldn't be more excited. And that gives us plenty to dive into here today. Now with, as we just said, preseason game tomorrow, training camp's been open up for a couple of days. There's a ton of roster battles going on. Lucas Reichel's looking good. Lots to be excited about. Um, but what I actually wanted to start with today, Charlie, is just kind of asking you what you've been up to this summer. Uh, I know the listeners out there are probably curious as to what Charlie Romeliotis is doing when he's not grinding away at this Blackhawks content. So uh, what you've been up to lately, Charlie? How'd you spend your summer, man? I can assure you, Jack, nobody is wondering what I did this summer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's been it's been good. Honestly, I've just stayed low key. Um really in Chicago and just spending, it's kind of funny. Cause like when the season rolls around, it's like my, my family, like lo- just loses sight of me. Like I, I just miss so many family events during the season. And then when the summers roll around, it's like, I'm there 24 seven. And so I, I kind of make a joke every time the season ends. Um, it's like, I have to reintroduce myself to my family. And then every time <laughs> the season starts, I have to kind of say, all right, see you guys in nine months or whatever it is. So um, just catching up with family a lot and just hanging out with, um, my my little niece that uh, she was born in December, so that's been nice. And and then right before um, training camp really got going, I ended up taking a a couple weeks off. Um, went to Florida, uh, had a nice, Man. yeah, had had a nice little recharge there. And and now I'm now I'm ready to go. I'm itching to get back. Absolutely. Where'd you go in Florida? I went to Clearwater. Um, oh. I have some I have some family that that they have a place down there. But I ended up ironically uh, one of my close friends from uh, from college. Uh, he also has a place in Clearwater. So, so we, we stayed there together. A, a couple, a couple of us friends ended up, um, they ended up working from home there. And, and I took, I took the week off with my other friend. And so we just, we were just vegetables, man. We, we, <laughs> we were on the beach all day in the pool and it was nice. Oh, that sounds like the good life, Charlie. Well, it's excellent, man. I'm glad, uh, you enjoyed your summer and did some fun stuff. And it's kind of funny. I, uh, I asked Ben Pope the same question last week, and all he had for me was uh, he attended a couple sporting events and, and took up jogging. So uh, it sounds <laughs> like it sounds like you had a better summer than Ben did, Charlie. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. 
I will I will say he probably had a more active summer than I did. I, I did try to go to the gym as much as I could, but I'm not really a huge runner. Um, I, you know, I did I did I actually I did take a lot of walks outside, but I, I don't like running. I can go on a I can go on a long bike ride, but running running is just not my thing. I can't do it. Yeah, I feel you on that one. Much better uh, bikes or rollerblades for me, man. That that makes makes uh the path from point A to point B a little bit easier. But yeah, that's great. You had a great summer, man. Um, but yeah, now it's time to get excited about things getting back going once again. And Charlie, last time we talked, that was in early July. It was right before basically everything of the off season hit. Um, and, and we were kind of talking about how it was shaping up to be potentially a busier, a busier off season for the Blackhawks than a lot of people thought. And sure enough, you know, that a couple of weeks later, they go out and they get Seth Jones, Jake McCabe, Mark Andre Fleury, all three of those moves um, should help this defense be much better than it's been for the past few seasons. Uh, Charlie, I guess we could start with Seth. What I wanted to ask you first, um, what were your overall thoughts on that trade with the Columbus blue jackets? Did you find it was uh, a little too much that the Blackhawks gave up? And also what, what were your thoughts on the contract that followed that as well? Yeah. So I, I think a couple of things, uh, there, there are two layers. It's the package that they gave up for him. And then it's the contract that they signed. Um, but it's also the fact that this player was not available. Like obviously a lot of, a lot of people right after the trade, um, you know, the, the trade went down. I was like, well, why not just go after Dougie Hamilton? You can get him for free and, and you don't have to give up anything for him. And, and I, and I get that. Um, one, one of them is, one of them is probably the fact that maybe, maybe Dougie, Dougie Hamilton was not really on the Blackhawks list, right? Like we don't know mm -hmm. that. And we know for sure that Seth Jones really narrowed down his list to Chicago and, I think Dallas was the only other team that he would sign a long-term extension with because his, his family is from there. So the fact that he wanted to be a Chicago Blackhawk, you kind of wanted to figure out a, a way to make it work. But I think the, the thing that I like about Seth Jones, maybe over Dougie Hamilton um, and some of the other guys that were available is the fact that he's a guy that's going to play in every single situation for the Blackhawks. Like he's not going to, he's not going to be a guy that the, the Blackhawks are, are up by they're up two to one in the final two minutes of the game. You can put Seth Jones out there and he can eat so many minutes like Duncan Keith had been accustomed to in Chicago. And I don't think a lot, you can put a lot of defensemen in that role. And so I think that's what they identified. Like Seth Jones is a guy that he can play on the power play, can play on the penalty kill. I mean, a couple of years ago, not even a couple of years ago, he, he played like 68 minutes <laughs> for, for the Blue Jackets in a playoff game. Like they, they've been missing that defenseman that can play half the game. and and play it at a high level. Like Duncan Keith is obvi obviously was that guy for, for so many years in Chicago, but like he was 38 years, he turned 38 years old. Like he, he couldn't be that guy that could play those effective minutes at such a high level. Like they needed someone else to do it. So I didn't have a problem with, with the fact that they went after him. The, I guess the, the issue is the package that they, they gave up. Um, for me, I think if you're going after a guy like Seth Jones, that you, you have identified him as your number one defenseman for the next you know, basically at least six years, mm -hmm. right? You're going to have to give up something. So I think Adam Bocus was that guy where the, the Hawks have so many right-handed shot defensemen in the system when it was Boquis and it was Ian Mitchell and, and now Wyatt Kalina comes in and he was actually playing a majority of the right side. So like when you go get a guy like Seth Jones and Connor Murphy on the right side, like there is no room for Adam Boquist at that point because you've anchored your, your right side for the next five years. So I think that's, that that's a difficult part. And then, and then the contract, you like, 
I, I get it was probably an overpayment and I, he's not going to be worth that much money uh, by the end of the contract. But like, this isn't the Chicago Blackhawks of like six, seven years ago where guys will take discounts to come play here. Like they're, they were in a rebuild and they needed to kind of sway these big name free agents or guys that are interested in, in playing for them. Like they needed some incentive um, to be here long-term. And I think that was it. Like they had to go maybe a, a million or you know, a million more than they wanted to. But like, if it landed a guy like that, like, I, I think you do it. And so in that regard, I don't have a, a huge issue with it. Yeah, I agree with you there as well, because it's been clear for, for some time now, the Blackhawks have needed help in the defensive department. And while it did, you know, cost them an arm and a leg, and maybe, like you said, they spent a million dollars too much, those type of defensemen like Seth, they don't come around all that often. And going back to what you said a moment ago about uh, Dougie Hamilton and Seth Jones is already, <clears throat> excuse me, already kind of the type of guy you can put in all the situations. There's no argument that Dougie Hamilton's a great offensive defenseman and a great driver of possession. He's done that for every team he's played for. But I do have a little bit concerns about him being the guy, being a number one defenseman, being out there on the ice with less than two minutes to play and having to block shots, right? That's never really been his bread and butter. So I personally just felt going with Seth was just a little bit more of the secure choice. And again, even though it cost him uh, a pretty decent sized package and a huge chunk of change, I really, I fully understood this move because it, like I just said, it, it was obvious that it really needed to happen to revitalize this defense. Yeah, no question. And I think you look at the contract that Dougie Hamilton signed and you're like, whoa, like that, that's probably an overpayment as well. But New Jersey needed to do that because they were also trying to land a potential number one defenseman. And, and I think the thing that separates Seth Jones from, from Dougie Hamilton is like Dougie Hamilton, like they, as soon as you make that signing, New Jersey is immediately trying to figure out which defensive guy can we pair him with because he needs to be, be with a stay at home defenseman. Whereas with Seth Jones, like you could basically put anyone on that, on that left side and, and he'll be fine because he could play that two-way game, right? So I think that's that's the, maybe the difference between the two and maybe why the Blackhawks felt more comfortable giving that extra million or two dollars to a guy like Seth Jones and, and going after him and acquiring him via trade rather than trying to persuade Dougie Hamilton and throwing a few more million dollars at him uh, to come to Chicago. All right, my conversation with Blackhawks insider Charlie Rumeliotis will continue in just a minute. But first, I need to talk to you all about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirectTV Stream. You can go and learn more right now at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. I also need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Bilt Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like double chocolate, coconut, salted caramel, and they also have a couple of new flavors out right now like Grasshopper Cookie, 
which is really good for all my mint fans out there. They have strawberry. They just sent me a box full of cookie dough chunk that I'm really excited to get into. Uh, they also have cookies and cream, cher cherry barcia, and many more flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BillBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, capital L in LOCKED, then the number 15 to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Right, yeah, that definitely makes sense. And only time is going to tell if uh, the Blackhawks made the correct decision. Uh, but with the addition of Seth Jones, as well as the uh, addition of Seth Jones, Charlie, what I was really impressed by the most with the Blackhawks this offseason is after they got Seth, they didn't stop there. You know, they went out, they added Marc-Andre Fleury, the 2021 Vesna Trophy winner. They get Jake McCabe from Buffalo, who has been a really sturdy stay-at-home defenseman for them, despite them being a poor team. He's been one of those uh, those high points for uh, the poor Sabres runs the last few years. <laughs> I, was, I was just really happy that the Blackhawks, they didn't get content, and they made more moves to better themselves defensively. And at least in my opinion, uh, it seemed like both of those moves, based on obviously the trade for Flurry was fantastic. And we'll see, hopefully Jake plays well, but based on what we gave him, you know, these seem both like no-brainer wins for the Blackhawks defense this offseason, right? Yeah, for sure. And and I think the, the Marc-Andre Fleury trade specifically, like the Blackhawks were one of the very few teams that could financially afford a player like that without having to move a piece out to make it work. Like they just had $7 million in cap space available to acquire that guy for nothing. Like it was right. literally nothing, right? Like they already bought out um, – Hakarainen. So like, that like was other teams, yeah, it was interesting. And so like other teams, if they wanted to, if they wanted to acquire a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury, like they had to move a piece out to make it work. And like, so that probably wasn't appetizing. So for the Blackhawks, it was like, well, we have the cap space to, to make it work because Brent Seabrook and Andrew Shaw are, were, you know, obviously they were stashing on LTIR and they ended up clearing out some, some other um, space at the deadline. So like they, they, they had the room to make it work. And it was so, it was, it was a no brainer for them to say, yeah, let's bring in the Vezina trophy winner for essentially nothing for one year. Um, and, and maybe be a potential mentor to, to Kevin Lincoln and then some of the young goalies while also uh, providing some stability in that and, and potentially making the Blackhawks a, a playoff team again. So from that regard, it was great. And then, like you said, it, you, you add a, a Jake McCabe who the, the first few days here at practice uh, or at training camp, he's been, paired with a guy like Seth Jones where like he's going to be the defensive minded guy on that mm -hmm. line and they're, they're going to allow Seth Jones to to really play um really kind of tap into his offensive potential a little bit more uh, I remember we, we talked to Seth Jones the second day of training camp and he basically said the difference between uh Jeremy's system and, and John Tortorella's system is that John Tortorella's system they were really defensive minded and it was hard for them to to leave the zone early like it, it was so defense all the time over there whereas 
Jeremy's system uh, emphasizes and there's a lot of focus on, on transition. And I think we saw it early on in training camp. You can see that Seth Jones really likes to jump into the rush. So like there are going to be a lot of instances this year where we see, we see Seth Jones joining the rush on the play, but then he'll also be the first guy back to, to back check and he'll be able to defend on the other side, which we haven't seen in, in this um, yes. you know, we haven't seen that for a few years here in Chicago with the defense. So I think that that's, um, the, the Jake McCabe signing will help in that regard where it'll allow Seth Jones to really just play his game and maybe tap into his offensive potential more. Once again, we got Charlie Romeliotis from NBC Sports Chicago here on the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. Charlie, moving on now to some training camp stuff. Uh, the first thing I wanted to ask you about is, uh, is there, is the overall mood around this team is there a different feel this year than there's been the last few years because I heard I heard Patrick Kane mention it the other day in an interview and I was just wondering if that's something you've noticed yet as well yeah there there definitely is a a different it's a different atmosphere and it's it's kind of like a in a weird way because there's so many new faces and new pieces and like the one big piece that's also kind of like awkward in this or not awkward but like like Jonathan Taves is is back and it's not like he's stepping in and this is, you know, his locker room like it has been in years past. Like he's stepping into the locker room and he's like having to introduce himself to all these rookies that he didn't get to play with last year for a guy, you know, for example, mm-hmm. a guy like Brandon Hagel. Like, you know, it's it's hard for him to kind of step in and right back into that role of being the captain and, and the the, guy, the leader in the locker room when, you know, it was Patrick Kane and it was Alex DeBrinken and it was Connor Murphy and all these guys were in the A last year. So it's probably weird for him where it's a different locker room that he's stepping into. And, and maybe he feels like a little bit of the new guy as well, how, uh, you know, with all these new faces that he didn't play with last year, but then you add in Seth Jones and Jake mm-hmm. McCabe and, and Mark Andre Fleury. And so I'm sure it's a really weird, uh, it was a weird dynamic for the first few days. Um, cause it, uh, because Jonathan w- w- was returning, but, um, yeah, so it, it, you could definitely feel the different buzz where like the expectations are elevated and, and there's not just uh Hey, like we want to, you know, hopefully we can compete, compete for a playoff spot. Like you, you can tell these guys are even Patrick Kane said it on the first day. He was like, man, it was nice that they made all these roster moves in the off season to, to make us a relevant team again. Like, <laughs> and, and he wasn't really saying that as a slight to, to years past, but it was more so like they're hungry to, to take that next step, um, and, and, and make potentially make the playoffs this year. Oh, that's, that's great to hear. And I'm sure, you know, not only is finally having some expectations, creating a a little bit of a different buzz around this team, but I'm sure it's also like this, this is a really important training camp. Probably it's the most important training camp I can think of off the top of my head for this Blackhawks team because of the expectations. There's a ton of position battles going on. Uh, It seems like, you know, I don't know where all these guys are going to fit. You know, it's kind of a tough situation that the Blackhawks are in, but that's, that's kind of how it goes in training camp sometimes. But I definitely wanted to ask you uh, a little bit about the log jam that the Blackhawks have in their bottom six at the moment. It's no, it's no real secret. They got a lot of names there. Uh, but one guy in particular I wanted to mention is, is Dylan Strome. And I know Jeremy Collison yeah. has said not to read too much in the lines and everything right now, but I just haven't seen Strome get a chance with like any skill guys so far. It seemed like, it seems like his line mates are um, not exactly what they've been in the past. And in the scrimmage this morning, even I saw he centered Cam Morrison and Brett Connolly. So I'm just wondering, you know, uh, what's kind of the feeling on Strom right now around training camp, Charlie? Yeah, it, it's, it's tough. And I remember talking about Strom on the, on the last podcast we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we, we kind of mentioned that, 
he's a guy that has to play with skilled players to really bring out the best in his game. Like we obviously saw at glimpses. Um, it was right before the, the, the NHL, we, we went, the, the NHL shut down their season because of the pandemic. Like he was really starting to develop some chemistry with Patrick yeah. Kane and they were starting to get going. And then all of a sudden the bubble rolls around and Kirby doc is like this new player because he, he just looks so big. And like, he ended up kind of just taking over that, that second line center role and, and played with Patrick Kane for the majority of the bubble. And then it was, it kind of pushed a guy like Dylan Strom out and it's tough because you obviously you have to factor in the fact that he's a center and they have Jonathan Taves is back. Kirby doc is a center. Tyler Johnson's a center. They Henrik Bjorkstrom who they acquired via trade from Florida is a center. They have all these centers. And then there's Dylan Strom who like, if he, if he wants to crack the lineup, like it's, it's probably gonna have to play the wing, but like, he was also, I think he started, I think the first, the first two days of training camp, he started on the fourth line. Yeah, but they a, moved him winger. back already and they moved him back already. Yeah. But, but even, even the fact that he was on the wing, like he was playing on the fourth line with, I think it was like Ryan Carpenter and, and maybe, maybe Jujar Kara. And it's just like, he's just not, he's not going to succeed there. Like he, he set up, I don't want to say he's set up to fail, but like, he's just not going to thrive there. So obviously he's not going to stand out in that group. So it's tough because there are other like, what do you do? Like, do you, do you bump out a guy uh, that, that's fighting for, for roles, even, even because, because Dylan Strom would, would benefit from playing from skilled guys, or do you have to make him earn his way and, and earn, earn his spot in the lineup every day? So it's really, it's really tough. Like, because on one hand, he's, he's better suited playing with skilled players, but on the other, like he's, he's got to, he's got to earn his way into the lineup, but by putting him on the fourth line or whatever it's not really helping him succeed there so it's a really tough um training camp storyline that that we're following here because it feels like he's closer to being a bubble guy than he is an everyday player yeah i know and it's been like it's kind of been mind-boggling me a little bit because i'm like all right this is strom's last i know he's an rfa but so last year on his current contract and it just with the way things have gone, like you said, with Kirby Doc kind of stepping in the bubble and taking that number two center role. And now all of a sudden we have all these centers. It just it almost feels like this would be Strom's last chance to kind of show this team something for him to be part of the future. And with that kind of being the scenario I thought was going to be heading into camp, I thought that the Blackhawks were kind of going to try to put him in positions to succeed. And like we said, we know he's kind of a guy that has to play with skill players, but we haven't seen that yet. And while it's like, I think we both know that Dylan Strom at his best, he can be an effective player. And especially if he's playing on like the third line, he could be a very good third line player, but Jeremy Colleton, he can't be worried about Dylan Strom. He's got to be worried about the entire team, you know, and it's just, it's so tough to figure out what the heck are they going to do with this guy? Because I totally agree with you at this point, it feels like he's more of a bubble player than an everyday player. And I just, I didn't expect that to be the situation brewing heading into camp. And I'm just like, I don't know how it's going to be figured out with this log jam. And it's, it's just fascinating to me because I've seen this, like this tough position for Strom coming for a while. You know, we, we, we want him to play center. He's kind of struggled that wing. There's no room for him at center. And that's why last time when we talked, I asked you, I was like, do you think they're going to try and trade Dylan Strom? Because I just don't know where it's going to work for him. And you said the Blackhawks locker room would be crushed if they did that. Do you still feel like that's the situation? Like they'd rather keep Strom and have him as a depth guy than trade him. Yeah, well, I think he's really he's really grown close with Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane, and so that that trio, even when he first got traded here, um, it was like those three just naturally gravitated 
towards each other. And so that's what would be difficult, obviously, if Strom is moved or if, if whatever, he's on the outside looking in. Like, I'm sure this is not very fun on the guys uh, that are really close with, with Dylan Strom. So, and, and another thing as well is um, right when he got traded to Chicago, like he was immediately like put on the first power play unit. And he's not even getting like power play time. And that's no. somewhat, that's an area where he really gets confidence from. Like, even if he doesn't score, like if he's setting up guys, like he was that net from presence for, for uh, the first year here in Chicago. And he was so good at it, but now there's a Tyler Johnson. Now there's the emergence of Kirby Doc. Now Dominic Kubelik is here when he wasn't in, uh, he wasn't in the league um, during uh, Dylan Strom's first year as a Blackhawk. So like the, you got all these moving pieces that like, even if you wanted to make him like a specialty player where he's playing on the third line and then, and then playing on the power play, like he's not even getting that opportunity. So like, I just don't know how, I don't know where he fits in where like if he's getting 11, 12 minutes a night on the bottom six and he's not playing any special teams, like I don't know how he's going to succeed because that's where he gets his confidence from. Right. Right. I completely agree. Definitely something to keep an eye on as Blackhawks training camp continues to roll forward. Charlie, I also have to ask, gotta ask about 2020 first round pick Lucas Reichel, because my, oh my, this kid, he's looking pretty good so far. Um, and I know he's recently been skating the last couple of days with Jonathan Taze and Brandon Hagel on that second line. Charlie, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but um, <laughs> if you had to take a stab at it right now, what percent chance would you give Lucas Reichel of making this Blackhawks team out of training camp? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I, I will say, I will say less than 50% only because the Blackhawks don't have a lot, a ton of waiver eligible players and they're going to have to make some roster decisions that like they might have to send guys to, to Rockford, even if they don't want to send them to Rockford because some of the other bubble players are not, waiver exempt and Jeremy Colleton actually talked about it today in his media uh, conference saying like we want to build depth and by losing a guy on waivers they probably that's probably not building organizational depth so I think I think Lucas Reichel he, he listen he's going to play with the Blackhawks at some point this year he's going to get a crack but I think it would be wise of him to start in Rockford let him get acclimated to the North American game and over ripen him uh, the way that they didn't over-ripen Adam Boquist, they kind of rushed him into his development. I think this is a prospect that if you over-ripen him, he is going to thrive with the Blackhawks whenever he is called up. So I would say he's going to be more of a mid-season call-up um, than he is going to make the opening night roster. Yeah, that seems fair. And there shouldn't ever be a rush with with Lucas Reichel. I mean, I know the kid's looking good and I know people want to see him, but let's not forget, he's, st is he st he's still 20 years old, correct? Um, yeah, I actually, I think, I think he might've just turned 20 or he yeah. might've just turned 19. Yeah, yeah. He's still incredibly young. So there's gotta be no rush. And I, I also agree. I think the Blackhawks didn't really give Boquist enough time to kind of develop down there in Rockford. And also I was surprised with how quickly they pulled him up after he only spent one year in the OHL as well, which was also a little bit of a surprise. So hopefully they learned a little bit from that Boquist situation and um, make sure that Lucas Reichel has plenty of time before he's NHL ready. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this conversation with Charlie Romeliotis will pick right back up in just a moment. But first, I need to quickly talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our exclusive promo code LOCKDOWN, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest 
and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball is about to head into the postseason. Football is NFL football, college football are just getting the season underway. UFC also this winter has a ton of good fights coming up in the fall as well. So for any sport you want to gamble on, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. And be sure to use our exclusive promo code, LOCKEDON, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, Charlie, I got... Two final quick training camp questions before I let you go for the rest of your night. First, who you got as your potential breakout candidate for the team this year? Like, has there been um, any sort of under the radar guy that's impressed you here in training camp so far? Oh, great question. Sorry um, to put you on the spot. No, this would be a good, you know, this would have been a, a great question um, last year uh, because we, we had, we had no idea who some of these players are, but like, some of the breakout last year going into this season, but like some of the, some of the guys that were probably expected to be breakout players this year broke out last year, like Brandon Hagel. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting him to break out last year, uh, but, but he ended up doing so uh, this year. I, I think um, if I, if I had a, if I had a throw out an under the radar name, um, I know, I know PB, we've been talking about Adam Gaudet on the podcast. I'm not like totally, um, I'm not totally high on him. Uh, I think he, I think it's, if he puts the pieces together, he can really be um, a breakout player. But like the one guy that I think they're hoping is the breakout player is Henrik Bjorkstrom. And I watching him in training camp, like he has all the tools to be really good. And the one thing that, that has stood out to me about his game is like, um, and Jeremy Colleton mentioned this too, is like, his motor, like his motor has to, if his motor is on every single night, like he could be a really good player but what he does away from the puck and his engine of like being on all the time, like isn't always there. So like if they can pry that out of him, I think he'd be a really good player. And so, and, and I, I don't think they would have traded for him. They wouldn't have taken on Brett Connolly's contract if they didn't feel like he could be a guy that could be a, a nice piece to this puzzle mm-hmm. moving forward. So I don't know if he's going to make the opening night roster. Like he might, you know, I, I don't, I don't know where he he's actually, I think it might be, I think he would have to require waivers. I have to double check on this, but anyways, like, I think in the long term, this is a guy that could be a potential breakout player this year. He just has to, he has to tap into that engine and be a guy that moves his feet a lot because when he has the puck, he's really good with it. It's, you know, Jeremy Colton mentioned this too. When he, when he doesn't have the puck, he's got it. He's got to keep his feet moving to get that puck back so that he can create more for his line. It's kind of reminds me of, um, Alex Ovechkin, when, when Barry Trotz took over the Washington Capitals uh, as the head coach, he told Alex Ovechkin, he said, when you have the puck, you could do whatever you want with it. But when you don't have the puck, you're going to do what I say. And that was a compromise. It was like, when you have the puck, you do what you want to do. <laughs> when you don't have the puck, you're going to do what I want you to do. And he became a really good player for it. And they ended up winning a Stanley Cup because right. of it. So I think that's kind of it. It's like when, when Henrik Bjorkstrom has the puck, I don't think the Blackhawks are coaching him what to do with it. I think they're trying to coach him what he does away from it and kind of get that motor going. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see how Borgstrom is going to fare, especially after he didn't play in the NHL last year. And if he pans out well, man, that that 
trade with the Florida Panthers, even though the Blackhawks took on a big chunk of change with Brett Connolly, uh, looks like it could be a, a pretty good deal. Also, quickly, is Brett Connolly getting buried in Rockford? <laughs> I I think he's a guy that's that's probably yeah he's probably on the bubble. I don't know if he could. Yeah, he probably. I mean, he's, <laughs> it's two more years, well, dude. It's two more years, like yeah. three point five mil. Yeah, it's tough. I, I do think that it would be. It's going to be. See, I don't know what you do if you if you're the Blackhawks. Do you try to showcase him and let him make the opening night roster and kind of put him in situations where he might be able to tap into his potential from years past and make him more attractive, or do you just do you just eat the salary moving forward and just acknowledge that he might not have a, a consistent role on this team? I I don't know. I guess that's a that's a storyline that's going to play itself out throughout training camp and once we see the preseason games and we see which guys are emerging, like the cream of the crop is is um emerging at the top like then we'll see but yeah he Brett Collin it's tough because you know you don't want to say like oh like they I know I just mentioned this but like you don't want to say like oh he was just a guy that they just they had to they had to take on because to get Bjorkstrom like I I do feel like they they like that he brings that veteran leadership Mm -hmm. but the fact that they have so many guys like at this point he's squeezed out and and so I don't know where he would fit in um into this roster if if some of these young guys really do take the next step yeah that's kind of how I feel about it too Charlie Uh, Last thing I got for you, Charlie, this is one that I've been asking everyone who's been coming on my show recently. What the heck are the Hawks still doing with both Colin Delia and Malcolm Subban on their roster? I I get it's good to have, (laughs) I get it's good to have depth in the goaltender department, but you know, Delia doesn't want to be in the A again. He came out and said it last year and wasn't thrilled with the situation he was in. Uh, And then I'm also sure that Malcolm Subban wouldn't exactly love going from uh, the opening night starter in January to an AHL goaltender with the same organization in 10 months. So um, I don't know. It's just, it just, to me, at least it feels like one of these guys could be on their way out. How do you envision this situation panning out, Charlie? Yeah. So two things I had heard a rumor like right before uh, training camp, or it might've been a week before training camp started that there were some GMs that were, that were trying to push for a taxi squad a goal, mm-hmm. just for the goalies this year, just to have one, one guy, one goalie um, on the taxi squad. So it could, because it obviously with COVID and everything, it, w- it would have been really tough if you had a, a, a goaltender in the protocol and you basically didn't have a backup goaltender. Um, but I think that might've gotten shut down. So I thought that would, that would be a route that the Blackhawks, that would benefit the Blackhawks if, if that, if that got instituted uh, for this season, but it doesn't look like it will be. Um, and secondly, I think this is how the Blackhawks are, are kind of playing the situation. Cause I, I think a lot of teams across the league are do this when training camp starts, there's no urgency to make a decision on it right now. I think what the Blackhawks are, are hoping for is that as training camp progresses, there might be an injury somewhere else in the league. Like there might be a backup goaltender that gets injured, you know, in, I don't know, like Anaheim and Anaheim needs a goaltender and they call the Blackhawks and say, Hey, we'd like to trade for Colin Delia or we'd like to trade for Malcolm Subban. And then that kind of solves their problem for them. Right. So like Mm -hmm. right now they don't have to make a decision, but as camp rolls on and they have to start trimming their roster, that's when it's going to be like, okay, (laughs) now we have to make, now we have to make a decision. What do we do? Um, So, because I agree, like, I, I think it would be really tough if you, if you, Let's just say hypothetically, Subban and Delia are both on the roster, um, and and they don't, they can't find a trade partner, or they there's no injuries across the league, and they have to send both of them down through waivers. And let's just say they get unclaimed. 
you don't want them starting in Rockford. Like you don't no. want them taking away starts from, from, uh, um, guys like Arvid Soderblom and yeah, like down there, like th- those are the guys, they need those, they need that development down there. So, and, and honestly, like Superman and Delia, like what would they benefit from playing right. in Rockford? They wouldn't benefit exactly. They're like they, they've already done their time there. And so they've already proved they can play at that level. So yeah, I, I think, I think that's how it's going to shake out. I, I think you're going to see them hold on to both goaltenders throughout camp. If a trade comes along, I think they would definitely entertain it, but I think they're more so looking around the league, waiting to see if there are any dominoes that fall, if there's a backup goaltender injury somewhere heck, even if a starting goaltender goes down and they need, and the backup steps into that starter role, and then they're looking to fill up the backup to the backup. That's when they would call, they mm-hmm. would probably call the Blackhawks. So um, yeah, so we'll see how that, how that plays out. But I agree like at some point something's got to give and, and one of them, it appears is not going to be on this roster uh, come opening night. All right, Charlie. That's all I got for you today, my man. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to join me tonight. I really appreciate you. You're the best. And uh, what do you say? We'll get back together maybe around halfway or quarter point of the season, checking on the boys and see how they're doing. Absolutely. Listen, we've, we've done two podcasts where we haven't talked about any hockey. This is exciting because we get to talk about previewing the season but let's definitely do it again. Let's third time's a charm. Let's do the, the third podcast to actually talk about um, some games and some storylines. So I, I look forward to doing it again. And, and I really, I appreciate you having me on it. It's always fun talking with you, Jack. Yeah. Always a good time, Charlie. And as always, I'll be looking forward to the next one, buddy. Thank you again for coming on the show. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Wednesday, September 29th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to check out the Lockdown Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day by simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. Brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. Let's start things out with a nice preseason win over the Detroit Red Wings. We're back at the UC. And thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day.